Welcome, everybody, to the Reflex Blue Show. I am your host, Donovan Beery, and I have with me Kathy Solarana. Kathy, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you, Donovan. Kathy is one of our many talented designers that are here in the Omaha area and working under the Wheelhouse Collective name. Is that just wheelhousecollective.com? Do I get that right? Yep, wheelhousecollective.com. Now, it was it was it last year you gave a workshop at the AIG National Conference in New Orleans? Yes. I was lucky enough to be asked to be a part of all of their speakers that they had there. So I gave a three-hour workshop, which was really fun. And my workshop was sold out, which is cool. The very first one to sell out. Yeah, because of these conferences, the workshops <clears throat> are normally like, they're, they're kind of an add-on. Right. They're pre-before the conference even starts. Which, which by the way, I highly recommend if you're going to speaking at a conference, everyone I talk to, it's like getting it done early is, is the way to do because then you can actually enjoy the, the Right, exactly. So that that was a lot of fun. And I got to meet everybody, so it was great when I actually did get to go to the conference and run into people. That made another connection, so that was cool. And, and this brand therapy workshop went over well enough that you actually have then taken it. I know you've spoken at the AAF, the... The ad club here in Omaha. Right, correct. Is it like a luncheon? And then you, you've actually done two online workshops, and, and you have plans for, for future. I have plans for future ones. I'm also going to speak next week to the Omaha Creative Institute, their artist program that they're having this fall, to talk a little bit about brand therapy within marketing artists. So what's the whole idea behind brand therapy and what was it that brought you to where you thought that this is what I want to do some focus on? Well, you know, what was really cool is that I didn't realize that that's kind of my mode of operation, but that's kind of how I've been doing it since I started working in design about 20 some odd years ago. And and only talking to a few others, you know, kind of sharing a little bit about the process. They're like, oh, this is really good. We, you know, those are good things you've thought about that I hadn't thought about in a long time. And really brand therapy is all about an approach. It's a human approach of communication. So it's, it's, it's going back to basics. It's like when we used to deal with each other and communicate with each other before technology, before email, texting, and all of that, when we actually had to look someone in the eye and have a conversation. I, I, I briefly remember those things. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah. And and so so what wh- who is the brand therapy workshop for like like who do you recommend like like what's your target audience here for essentially um, it really is for the creative industry and and anyone who's in advertising or design or you know to firms that are out there from principals down to freelancers and, and internal communications so you've got an internal team as well it's anyone who has to deal with or has to communicate with someone who is peer-to-peer or a boss and or a client and or a boss and a client and or a group of people. So it's really about communication. And what is it that you want them to get out of out of your workshop? Well, the goal would be to develop some skills in actual verbalizing ideas and thoughts. Um, it's about listening and active listening, specifically thinking about what the other person is saying and making notes in your head about that kind of thing. And then being able to articulate a message. How many times have we been into a, a situation where maybe a meeting or presentation hasn't gone the way that we wanted it to? Oh, that's every meeting I've ever done. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> Damn it. The fact I even go into a meeting means that it's already gone wrong. You're like, oh, 
Well, yeah. I, I, if you would take oh, my here. brand therapy workshop, to go but down. I would give you some tips and clues on how to kind of redirect and things like that. And reading body language, you know, when do you know that you're ha- having a conversation with someone and they're completely not interested? Every and time. <laughs> every time. Damn every it. single time. Damn it, Donovan. Yeah. So it's just, it's things like that that we go over in detail. And then, um, and then again, it's learning confidence so that you can come out. And our whole goal of what we do is to be able to share kind of an idea or a thought we have and convince others that it's the right direction. So that's the end goal. And, and where do people go? Go to find out more information. Do you guys have? Do you have a website about this? Or yeah, you can head to my website, wheelhousecollective.com, and then just click on workshop. So it's got all the pertinent information. I just finished my last workshop in August, and I'll probably be doing one in November coming up. And so, so people will be able to find information to sign up. Yep. Get more information on that. You can sign up right there on my site. Is, is the plan is to just do more workshops, or or is this is this a, is this actually changed your approach to like dealing with regular clients? Well, what's really cool is that it allowed me to really think through something that has been more organic and put it kind of down on paper and think through some of the the ways I've approached um, people and clients and peers and people working with me in the past and kind of hone in and and modify that. So I think it's made me more aware of how to be a better designer, a better communicator. And then the idea is to keep doing these classes as long as people are interested and then um, also take it into maybe more of a a workshop thing where um, on weekends we can go to your agency or, you know, your in-house team and do like a half day or full day but to really focus in on the challenges that that are at hand. And I assume I assume <clears throat> the goal with that is if you if you went into some if, if some agency had you come in for like half day, full day. Right. Then you could actually focus on specific issues that involve them and not just more of the generic Thank you, very well said. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so it would be it could be me or I'd bring in one of my other partners that I work with all the time at Wheelhouse to kind of maybe talk through strategy or um, various communication challenges that they may be having. No, that's fantastic. We'll be right back with uh, Kathy Solar. You're in, a, you're in a situation with me where you, you're in a small office environment. Yes. So we were just talking about brainstorming, but how do you brainstorm when there's just one of you? I know, and that is the most difficult thing in the entire world. Um, if it's a very small project, you know, something that doesn't go very far, it's an okay thing to do. But when you have a, a bigger, a brand, say a brand problem in front of you, Concepting with one isn't necessarily a good idea. So usually with yeah, the, like like I've got a postcard I'm doing, and right. the guys like, hey, I want this on the postcard. I'm like, like I got it. I can just sketch a few things. I'll, I'll be fine. Right. So and that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. But when you've got bigger problem or bigger projects with you know maybe slightly larger challenges or or vast audiences that you're needing to reach. Concepting for one when you just get to talk to yourself or the various pets that you own in the space may or may not be a good idea. So it's always great. I love partnering up in terms of concepting with writers. They're a lot of fun. So I've got some writers 
that if they're not actually writing for the project I'm working on, that I would bring them in as a consult for a couple hours here and there to, you know, to have someone bounce ideas off of. Because it's in that bouncing, that conversation, that other things happen. And it's usually yeah. in those other things that happen where the good ideas are. And, and then the obvious answer would be, well, just bounce them off your client. But some of these ideas get... You know, if you want to come up with great ideas, I know you want to say things that you can never say in front of a client. Right, exactly. You it need may to lead be... to something else. So right. you, need to, you need to get them out of the room. Right, exactly. I don't think concepting is necessarily a client thing. I think concepting is is a is a designer creative thing that we need to kind of think through some of those ideas and then present. You know, the top two, three of the ideas out there to the client and then have that conversation. And that's, I'm actually teaching a concepting class at Creighton this semester. So we're practicing all of these things together and I'm having, I'm having them break up into smaller groups and then bigger groups so that, you know, because sometimes if you're concepting maybe at an agency where you've got, you know, anywhere between five to eight people, perhaps even larger. Now, that can be a nightmare in itself. That's almost as scary as a one-person thing. Oh, right, 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 right. You know, depending on how big the team is and who in the group has the largest voice, you know. So sometimes in concepting in big groups, it's not so much fun because there are people that dominate the whole thing. So you've got to find that that nuance in, in having those conversations and being able to get all those ideas out. Yeah, I think, I mean, three to five seems like a really good number. Agreed. And, and when you get... When you get bigger, it's I, I don't know if it ever goes well. No, I know because everybody wants their voice to be heard. So it, it, that doesn't necessarily lead to great ideas. No, and, and it's one of those things where I understand that you want your voice to be heard, but that's a lot of voices. <laughs> it is a lot of voices. So, right, and so it's learning and listening and trying to figure out who has what and who has said something that sparks somebody else and then allowing that spark to grow until you figure out it may or may not have any legs. And that happens over time, too. I mean, concepting at the beginning, when you're first starting out, you're just kind of like throwing things out there, but it doesn't mean anything. But as you practice and you go through it, you start to learn, you know, what aspects probably can be thought through a little bit more and ones that you need to let go and put aside. No, I mean, when we do stuff for our, for our own company, we, I try to get them months and months ahead of time because right. I'm, like, I'm like, we need to start thinking and then, and then you kind of start throwing some things out and then it may just disappear for a month. Right. But, but I find that the chances of coming up with good ideas are a lot greater if you give them that time. Exactly. If you say, hey, we need to have an idea and it needs to be done tomorrow. I'm not saying you can't do a great idea, but the odds start to <laughs> not go in your favor, per se. Yeah, it's a lot more difficult. And I don't know about you, but, you know, say you've got noon to four and you've got concepting hours set aside for that week. It doesn't always work that way. You don't, don't know set, if you can do that. You noon to four and done. Okay, three fifty nine concept done. Moving on. Okay, it doesn't happen. I don't know about you, but concepting and idea percolating. You know, you let it go, and when you're working on something else, that's when the idea comes. Or when you're at the grocery store or in the shower. Mine happens a lot in the shower. I have like post-it notes everywhere. And the in the middle of the, the night, all sorts of great. You'd come, you'd come in the next morning at work. He's like, I was in the shower. I got these great ideas. <laughs> it's like you, you need to take four showers a day because this guy 
Amazing thing about that. that. Oh, that's good. Also, another one I do is cleaning. So when my place is super, super clean, you know I've been coming up with some really killer stuff. Okay. <laughs> that's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> no, I... Uh, it's it's one of those things where it is you need to set time aside for it, but you can't schedule the time. Right. So how do you how do you deal with that? Well, and is, and, it, is it one of those? Do you just if, if if you if you feel the creative spark coming on, do you just shut everything else down and be like, well, now's the time? Yes, I think sometimes that has to be the case. Like I think in everybody's schedule, especially when you're a smaller group even down to one, you know, you have to be flexible enough to go, when it starts flowing, acknowledge that that's what's happening and stop everything you're doing, if at all humanly possible, and focus on that. Because usually it's a, you know, moment in time, so it's not going to be hours. It's usually, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes, and then you've got something that you can go, okay, it's here, I'll get back to my deadline, then I'll come back to this. And it's it is also nice, too, to kind of set it down if you have it written down. Right. Look at it the next day and it'd be like, what? What was I thinking? <laughs> or, or you come in and you're like, nope, I, I think I was thinking right. Right, exactly. Because, and I think that's where it's also it's nice to make sure that you give yourself enough time because then you can kind of check balance yourself. Right. Because you never do want to go into production of something you're like, oh, I should have thought about that a little bit more. Right. That is not good. No. All right, we'll be right back with Kathy. So when it, we were just talking, like, when it comes to design and getting kids involved early, you, you said that the people are teaching this in grade school now? Yeah, they're teaching in grade school. So I joined in. Well, my daughter, middle daughter Haley, her teacher at the time in third grade was amazing. So she thought kind of outside the box. I hate that term. Um, but she brought in parents and, and their particular um, professions into the classroom. So I did a project with these kids where we did, we wrote a poem. We did photography photography so that I gave them all um, little disposable cameras and had them go shoot something so we'd go out every like I'd take one or two of them and we'd go out and shoot photography well that's fun and yeah and so then we had a grant to you know get it all developed again that was before digital um, which, 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 to be which fair, was not that, that long ago yeah. no no because my daughter is only 23 now, so yeah. it's not that long ago. But we got it all developed and then got to choose their top two or three photos. And then um, I worked with them on the layout of their page. And we created a digital book. So each kid got uh, a book at the end of this project. And this project went on for, I think, about six, seven weeks. You know, I'd meet with them once a week. The teacher let us come in and, and spend a couple hours with each one of these kids. And so they had something to show. And that was in third grade. So that was pretty cool. I don't see this as a regular thing. Like, that was something I made sure I did. But, yeah. it, you know... Do you, you think this makes a difference to kids to see that there's there's paths in the creative fields that aren't... That are, that are there for them? Yeah, agreed. I totally do. I think that the creative field in whatever form it takes, you know, and we know that there are many crafts within our field. You've got print, you've got digital, you've got media, you've got photography, illustration, all of those elements. If the kids know that, 
you know, things that they do just to goof around is something that they could actually make a living with later, that that's a possibility and allow that to start percolating and thinking about it. And then learning more about it, we set up support systems so that there are things that they can do and practice over time. I think, sure, that would change everything. And what was the kids' reaction when they actually saw their, like, work, like, in, in print form? It was, was so it? cool. It was like any, you know, Christmas morning or, or when you get a gift that you've been waiting for your, you know, your entire life that you, you, we opened up the box together, you know, the big brown box with all the samples in it and started pulling them out. And they were all gathered around the box and I would hand each one of them a sample so that they could eat, have a book of their own. And then they got one also. We, we got enough printed so they could give one to their family and talk about it. And they, I think we also did a presentation at the school so they could share with the entire school, like, this is what they did. So it was very, very cool. And did you ever do, was there ever any follow-up, like, on, on how, how these kids thought about it, like, years later? You... you know, that would have been a really good idea to have thought about that. I haven't. I'm actually still friends with, and my daughter's actually still friend, many friends with um, the kids that she went to school with, so it would be curious. I, I might even send her a Facebook note today going, you should ask all of them if they ever think about the book or what they thought of it afterwards. That's a good idea. Yeah, because it, it's one of those where even if they don't become a designer from it, they may go into something else that's in the creative field, like maybe right. someone, someone went into photography that, that they wouldn't have thought of before that. Right. It's a, I mean, it's all about literally creative problem solving and thinking about things, you know. Design thinking is something that is super trendy right now, but it's something that... When did that, that become trendy? I don't know, but it's something that if you're a good designer, you've always been doing. You think about things and how things need to be related so you can communicate a message. Like, it should be always a part of it. Yeah, but but when did when did people start saying, "Well, I do design thinking, but I don't do design." I I have no idea. I would imagine in the last three years or so, perhaps, whenever someone decided to pay someone for that, that's probably when it oh, became possible. Oh, as soon as they figured out that it was a good selling. Exactly, point. I would think. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it, is, it is. I think you're right, though. It's something we've the designers have always done, but they never just they never marketed it that right. way. Right. You didn't and in talk five about years. It. They'll market it with a different term or something. Correct. It's just a how overused branding has gotten, you know, brand, personal brand, branding for a company, corporate brand. You can do all kinds of things like that, but now design thinking is something that everybody talks about. But, I mean, you should think about things. That's important. No, no, I get that. And, 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 I, and I get that. I, I think part of it is, you know, because Apple and Target have been so successful and that they've kind of sold that their design thinking. Right. Probably helps that. Right. I, w I would assume so. Um, but I, I think it's a great thing. I think that we're talking about in terms of adding more value to what we do in a, our creative profession to add the word thinking to that instead of, you know, what people who don't understand what we do think of it as the ta-da moment, you know, here it is, you know, and how did it get that way? I don't know, but here it is. Well, there's a lot of reasons it got the way it is. So it's good that we're at least acknowledging that. That's giving us a little legitimacy, I think. No, and and I think, I, I, I want to say that, was it the AIGA conference in Phoenix was all on design thinking? Right. And and, and maybe that was when I first started hearing it, because that's all they talked about at that conference. And, and that's come up, I mean, it's come up more and more. I, in fact, anytime I hear anyone talking about design or going anywhere to to uh, to learn about design thinking as a part of it. 
And and do we charge more if we put the word thinking on something? Like I would say that? so. I would do that. Okay. Just put a line item. Well, thinking, 50% more. Exactly. I mean, I've always used the word strategy, so I don't know how strategy and thinking got differentiated, you know? So it's a part of a line item. Maybe strategy got overused and then they went to thinking. Perhaps. It'll go back to it'll go back to <laughs> synergy or something. There you go. Next. We'll see. We'll see what it is. All right. We're going to be right back with uh, Kathy Solarano. We'll talk a little bit more about the brand therapy workshop. So, Kathy, on your, on your brand therapy workshop, what have, what have you learned from it? Like that you weren't expecting. Like I know, I know, like you, you used to teach for years, right? And then, and now you're teaching again, right? And, and I, I remember from the years I taught that you end up learning, I think, as much as you teach normally. Well, exactly, because everybody thinks about things slightly differently. So, and I think we as creatives are trained to pay attention to, you know, nuances in people and how things work. So it's always good to be open to, you know, uh, to how how people get to ideas and and how they relate and communicate. I think the one thing I did was most surprised at is how many people don't communicate the way that humans started communicating a long time ago. I mean, it is it's funny that, you know, people are looking down at their phones or they're hunched over or they just send a quick text. But how many text messages have you sent that got received and taken the wrong way? And you're like, no, 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 no. That is not what I meant at all. I meant, you know, and then you're trying to back. I don't know how they could misinterpret that string of 47 emojis I sent. <laughs> Like, how is that even possible? Wait, did you send the key so somebody understands what the emojis are? Yeah. At a certain age level, a key has to be attached. Right. And then you have to sit there and write it all out. But, no, what was, I think the most interesting is how much people need to have this type of communication kind of reintroduced into their life again. And how practical it is not only for our career, but personal as well. I've used this in other means and it's really amazing to be able to you know look someone in the eye and speak confidently about what you're talking about and when you do that people will listen to you now there are there are nice things like i mean with with the way that people communicate now you can just send somebody a yes or a no on a on a text and they get it immediately and you see they get it so i know there's some advantages to it correct so but how do you still use those advantages but not well, I think it's a, negative. I think it's a, it's where you appropriate it, you know. At, at the beginning of any client creative relationship, that now is not the time to be using technology to have that conversation. Now's the time to actually have a conversation, to verbalize, to speak to someone, to meet with them, to hear, you know, their pain points and what they've been through and what their goals are. And it's only in like what we were talking about with concepting outside of one person. It's only in that back and forth do other things come out that may or may not be actually the driving force for the brand refresh or for the challenge that they haven't had. No, and if anyone comes into us and, and they call me up and they said, hey, we, you know, we were talking about working together and stuff. If I find out they're within like an hour of my office, it's right. like we need to meet in person for, right. for at least 20, 30 minutes before we even discuss if we'd be a good fit. Right. How do you even know that and, you'll have a good working style? You don't until you meet them. And, and I also, and I always have this theory that 
I, I know that it's like, well, but, but it, we could just do it on the phone or email, but I'm like, but on a working situation like this right. and what you're expecting to give and what you're expecting to get from it, if, if, if it's not valuable enough right. to actually spend you know, the hour in traveling and meeting to see if it's a good fit, then they're not really, I don't think someone's going to give you the value where it's, it's kind of a red flag. Right, exactly. In addition to that, I think, um, I think that those conversations that you have with people, especially at the beginning, allows you to show them your, how much you care. And in the end, we're human. We want somebody to care about what we have an issue with or our problem at hand, whatever our challenge is. Oh, and as a designer, you know, things aren't always going to go well. Right. Something's going to hit wrong. Right. Communications. And I think it's also like if you feel that you know the person, you feel you can work through it. Right. Or you feel like, hey, you know, I'm sorry we messed that one up or, hey, I, you know, we read that one wrong. And they can kind of be like, oh, no, they're just a person. I realize it. Right. I mean, building trust, especially from the beginning, is huge if you're going to have a successful project. You know, because just like you said, things occur, you know, because we are all human and we have have problems in front of us. But if we're able to talk through it, if we're able to, you know, maybe flag someone ahead like, oh, the the deadline for this is going to be missed because so-and-so is on maternity leave or what have you, you know, and then you can work through your timeline or what have you. Just sending a, an email with that information isn't going to get that caring and that trust aspect across. And I think that's where verbal communication happens. But when you're on a project and you've gone through your revisions and it's just needing a final okay, yeah, shoot it to them in email going, hey, one last final look, just let me know if we're approved, ready to go. And there you go. That's appropriate for technology. But yeah, I do a lot of web work. So web work, it's all online anyway. Right. So they're like, they expect that, hey, what these changes on the website look right? Yep. Like that's an email. Right. And it, it is truly amazing to me, especially in at the beginning in the discovery process and in meetings you have, to make sure that, you know, depending on if it's you or uh, your team that you've put together that's working with the, the client that you're working with, but to be able to have a conversation with everybody to really get and hear from them what they think the problem is or the pain points are. Because even if you have one goal for one project, Four people in that room on that team may think slightly different about what that problem or issue is. And you need to get it all out if you are required to think about it in a global perspective. And so once you get out that each one has a slightly different goal or is visualizing the problem slightly differently, then that needs to be communicated with the entire team. And then you go back in and go, okay. Yeah, that's, that's interesting too because... Projects may have an overreaching goal, right? But each person on it has little things that they Correct. want to add, and that doesn't mean that they take or add to the overall goal. But it doesn't mean they can't not be there, right? And understanding the big overall goal front that everybody is on the same page is huge for success of a project. But you're not going to know that unless you talk about it. So, and that's where brand therapy really comes into. It's especially important at the beginning and quite frankly, all the way throughout so that people know that they can trust and rely on you and you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Well, I, I like how you've already taken the brand therapy and for the three hour workshop into 
an online course and you've already given like some you know I look in, in you know given some other seminars and stuff right look forward to seeing how this grows and everyone who wants to follow out there it's wheelhousecollective.com and then click on workshop yes that's correct all right Kathy thank you very much for being on the show and we'll uh, talk to you soon thanks Donovan the reflex blue show with Donovan Beery is hosted at 36point.com music by dust lab Find out more at myspace.com slash dustlab.